0: This is Crucial Tech, a podcast about technology that affects us all, but most of us don't understand, presented in a format that allows you to consume it in the time it takes to go to and from the grocery store. I'm your host, Lou Covey, and I probably know more about it than you do. And if I don't, I know someone who does. So let's get to it. Hi, folks. Welcome back to Crucial Tech, and today I've got an old friend of mine, John Carvalho, We've known each other for a long time, and he's had a problem recently. Last last week, I got kind of a panicked message from him saying that yeah. his LinkedIn account had been hacked. It, well, not just hacked. I mean, it had been hijacked. Yes. It had been taken over by somebody else. And uh, that's problematic for him because uh, he has been active in getting his son into Major League Baseball. And he's a very talented pitcher and has gone a long way, got himself a nice scholarship at a a decent university. And John has made a lot of contacts within the Major League Baseball and scouts and colleges. And that was an important story for him to be able to get out. And suddenly he could not access his his account. So, John, tell me how, how this actually came about.
1: Well, I, I woke up um, about a week ago. Woke up in the morning and checked my emails, and I received an email from LinkedIn that said your your passcode has been successfully changed. And if it wasn't you, click here. Well, I didn't try to change my password, so I clicked, and it took me to um, a link, and I typed in my the pass the email and password that I had used previously and they said they could not ac- access the account because it wasn't the correct email. So the hijacker took everything and just removed it. So right. I had no access.
0: And so I took a look at what what had happened and I I I saw that the guy was apparently was Ukrainian working out of a New York server and wanted to and had probably taken a look at John's account and saw a lot of influential people that he might be able to reach. So this would be a good uh, a uh, good account to take over. Now, the question is, how did he do it? Now, John, when was the last time you had changed your password on your LinkedIn account?
1: It had been over a year.
0: Okay. Do you ever use the same password on any other accounts?
1: Not in that, not in that regard. Not, not in that regard at all.
0: Okay, so you didn't use the same password for LinkedIn that you'd use for anything else? Exactly. Okay, that's a good point. The other thing is, when did you... Uh, Activate multi-factor authentication.
1: Didn't do it, and I was waiting to get together with you to do it. Now that I have my account, okay.
0: <laughs> now this is what the cyber industry likes to shame people about, because multi-factor authentication has been around for a long time. The problem is the industry doesn't explain it very well. I Me mean, and I'm pretty. I've been pretty steeped in this for almost a decade now. And the, and the industry started talking about passkeys. And even I couldn't figure out what the hell they were talking about. It took me about a month of research to figure out what a passkey was. Every bit of news that I saw in, in mainstream publications like Wired and, and uh, uh, CNET, and they all talked about it, but they didn't actually explain, explain how to do it, where it was. And that's one of the reasons that I started Crucial Tech is because the technology world doesn't explain itself very well to the rest of the world that needs to use it. And we're here talking about what happened to yours. Now, if you don't have multi-factor authentication and you are like 87% of the population that uses the same password for almost everything, which John isn't, uh, then... uh, your, your account is liable to be hacked the good news is if you're somebody like John you're very unlikely to get attacked this way because John doesn't have any money to that <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean he's you're not going to wipe out his his uh, bank account and, and make yourself rich but he has a lot of contacts so there the target wasn't John the target was someone within John's LinkedIn connections and then he had to go through the process of getting it back. Now, what LinkedIn will tell you is you, you contact them and there's a page that you go to. It's not easy to find. You know, you have to do some Google searches to actually <laughs> find this stuff and it takes you to a form and you fill out the form. Okay. And, you know, one of the forms is, is are you reporting for yourself or someone else. Yes. Okay. That's problematic because once you fill out the entire form, you know, that's one of the, like the second question in the form. You send it in, you'll get an automated message saying, "Well, since you aren't the person being affected, we can't do anything about that." But what John did I thought was interesting. How many people did you contact about filling out the form?
1: Well, the first person I contacted was you. And then, um, and then I, uh, my wife was involved in it as well. Uh, and then what I did is I went through my contacts on, on my phone list, and everybody that I knew that I was connected with on LinkedIn, I sent just a, 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 a message saying, Hey, I've been hijacked on LinkedIn. Um, and just said, If anybody tries to reach out to you, um, it's not me right now, I can't access my account. And would you mind? reporting it to LinkedIn. Cause I can't even report it. That was the That was a frustrating thing is I went on, I went on through the website at LinkedIn, tried to report it, but because my email was, uh, because the email was changed by this, this, uh, person where, wherever, whatever part of the world they were in, um, LinkedIn wasn't recognizing me as, um, as the, as a person of validity. And so they so they I would fill out all the I'm going you know, it takes like 4 minutes or so yeah. to fill it out. I'd fill it out and then they'd ask me for the email and then they'd say well your email doesn't connect with this account and then they'd wipe everything that I filled out out. So it was really frustrating. So I just went on uh, I had I just developed an agenda where I was letting everybody know in my phone contacts please report this. Um, and so that's how it started.
0: Yeah. And from my experience, and I've, I've been talking to people on, on a LinkedIn subreddit uh, who have the same problem. It is absolutely rampant. It's been going on for about a year where people have had their accounts hijacked. And in almost every case, they don't have multi-factor authentication and they've got a weak password. Wow. And it's taken them weeks to months to get their account back. Good news is you do get it back. But what I think we've discovered with this particular case is creating a critical mass of people contacting LinkedIn, which kicks in an algorithm and said, hey, maybe we should look at
1: this. That's good.
0: Okay. But the key point was you
1: had an in, didn't you? I did. I did. So I I have a friend um, who I coach sports with um, that worked for another organization but was really connected at LinkedIn. He asked me to screenshot everything that I had and send it to him and he forwarded it to his friend at LinkedIn and they escalated it. So coupled with all of the, um, my friends that were sending reports in along with these screenshots, I received, um, I received an email within 24 hours of giving the information to my friend. Uh, we'll call him George.
0: Yeah. And, you know, that's the good news and the bad news, because if this happens to you, you're going to need to rely on a lot of friends. I know uh, one of the first things I did uh, is I went up on my LinkedIn account, which has thousands of connections. Yes. And I said, anyone who, who knows my friend John Carvalho, and I tagged your name. Yes. Okay. His hijack. His, his account has been hijacked. Do not respond until he's been able to resolve this. And I got about 200 people that responded that showed that we that I knew that we both had connections to So, that's really what it takes, folks. If if this is going to happen to you, Uh, you need to um, you need to rely on your community, on that. Uh, That's that's what social media was originally created for, and it's rarely used for. Mm -hmm. But that's what we're all we're all here to 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 work together, and uh, that's what I'm here for as as a journalist covering cybersecurity. And we're going to get a little bit into what it takes to protect yourself. Now, first of all, John, let's talk about passwords.
1: Okay. Because
0: there's something else you said. Uh, I mentioned one of the things you should do is have a password manager. Yes. Okay. Have you looked into that yet?
1: I've looked into it, but again, I am waiting. I was waiting to get together with you because I, I want to... Because you said something really crucial is that you reset your passwords almost every week. Yeah. And, I, and that was... That was absolutely a paradigm shift for me. Yeah. Um, and I appreciate that. And so um, and what I've also learned in life, and you know this about me because we've been friends for so long, I don't try to learn things on my own. I try to find experts who can help me get through and Lou you're, you're an amazing expert on this stuff. so oh, thank you. Why try to figure it out on my <laughs> own when you can walk me through step by step?
0: Yep. Yeah. Now uh, two of the, the password managers that I recommended were LastPass and one password. Um, they're good te- good products. However, they're not foolproof uh, because uh, once you do some research, you will find that LastPass has been hacked a couple of times. <laughs> <laughs> but for those who don't understand what a password manager is, essentially what it does it's it's a, a piece of software that exists in the cloud. Okay, the the cloud is a server somewhere. And it's a virtual service for people that use it. And what it does, it stores all the passwords for all the accounts that you have. Takes a while to set it up. But essentially, you only have one password that you have to remember. And that's the password for the password manager. Uh, That doesn't mean it's completely secure. What we're aiming for here is not completely secure, but mostly secure
1: more secure than you were before you started using it. Kind of like my Python. I'm, I'm not completely dead. Right, right? exactly. <laughs> uh, good analogy. <laughs> I'm feeling better.
0: <laughs> I think I'll go for a walk. <laughs> so, um, so you've got that. But the thing is, is that there are password managers already in your devices. Okay. Uh, a- Apple has, if, if you go up on... Uh, on your Apple and you go to the uh, the search bar, little uh, uh, spyglass up in the uh, uh, right hand corner uh, and just type in keychain and you will get a list of all the passwords that you had stored on your computer. And you'll notice when you create a new computer, there'll be a little b- uh, box that will come up that says, would you like to store this password? Yeah. OK. And your answer should always be Yes. <laughs> Okay. Now, that doesn't mean, again, you are not completely secure because if someone hacks into your device, then they can get to it. That's why you've got to keep your device secure. And you'll notice uh, while we're doing this right now, we're recording this, and this my, uh, my computer will stay uh, awake. But when it goes dormant for a while, it will go to sleep, and I will have to type in a password to get back into my computer. So if I walk away for 15 minutes... My my computer will go into a safe mode. Okay. So so that no one can actually access that data while I'm gone.
1: So your listeners might think I'm a complete. I don't even know what they're going to think, but that keychain thing that you're talking about, I've seen it for years, and I've been reluctant to use it because I didn't I didn't understand it. Right. And I think a lot of people, maybe in my space, probably you are, don't understand it. I, I
0: would say more than. Four-fifths of the population don't understand these things. Well,
1: okay, celebrate the fourth with a fifth.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, uh, Google also has the same thing. Uh, if, if you're using Chrome for a browser, and I do not recommend using Chrome for a browser because number one is bloatware. It'll eat up your memory like crazy. Okay. And it also isn't very secure. It's more secure than it used to be, but it still isn't the most secure product. Uh, It it always messes up my machine. So I don't have Chrome on my computer. I do have it on a couple of devices. Okay. And when you make a a password in that, Chrome will also secure that. The nice thing about Chrome is that it will also tell you if you've used your password in multiple accounts. Mm. Because sometimes people forget about that. And I get that alert every once in a while. And I go take a look at it. But I found that all the accounts that are using the same password or for sy- systems that I am no longer connected to, mm. okay? I've closed down my account. It's still in the database, Okay. but it also tells me what passwords I should not use, okay? And Apple, Apple will do that as well, too. You'll, you can find that on your devices. That's good. So, if you're not going to use a password manager, and sometimes that costs you money, and people don't want to spend the money, that also exists in your device, and as long as you've got your device secu- secured and you don't lose your phone, then you're not going to, that, it's, it's difficult to hack a phone without having physical access to it. Now, it might happen. It, it, it could happen in a, uh, uh, like you go to Starbucks and you access the, the Wi-Fi and somebody there decides to access your phone. But then... They don't know who you are or if you're valuable. Most people who would do that have actually targeted a person specifically to hack their phone, and they will have to get physical access to it, Mm. especially if if the phone is not encrypted. And when you're setting up your phone, okay, Apple will ask you, do you want to encrypt this device? Your answer should always be yes.
1: (laughs) Good (laughs) to know.
0: You can also find out here uh, now folks I know you can't see this, but if you if you, on an Apple device if you go up to the Apple and you choose system preferences whoops, system preferences. and you go to security and privacy. and it's moving very slowly. (laughs) But you'll notice here, you got File Vault. File Vault secures your data on your disk by encrypting its contents automatically. Wow. Okay. You have that turned on. It's not automatically turned on unless you set, when you're setting up your computer, it asks you. Then you've got the firewall. Always have the firewall turned on. Mm -hmm. Okay. And privacy. These are the, uh, App applications that I will allow this computer to access my contacts. You notice there's one, two, three, four, five, six of them.
1: Yeah, not many of them.
0: Yeah, and that's what those are the kind of things you need to control. And if you've got your base computer set up, you know, which is you know the hub of all your communications, mm-hmm. you got that taken care of. You're pretty well protected. Now, if you're Working in the NSA, that's not going to uh, protect you very well. But then the NSA has other issues that it's, or things that's it's protecting itself. Okay. But the idea is whenever you need, find a security uh, feature, always turn it on every time. Good to know. And that's one of the reasons, you know, um, WhatsApp uh, came out with an advertising program talking about how their uh, their system is encrypted. And that's true if you decide to turn it on, but it doesn't come automatically turned
1: on. That's interesting.
0: A lot of apps that say they're encrypted don't automatically do that. If you're using a, a messaging app, I always recommend Signal because Signal has the encryption that WhatsApp uses. But with Signal, it's turned on, and you can't turn it off. Okay? That's good to know. Um, the, I recently switched from T-Mobile, which I'd been with for over two decades, basically because they get hacked about twice a year. Okay? <laughs> they, they, they lose all, all of their customer data, and it goes away. And while I enjoy their customer service, and I've always enjoyed their product because it works really well in Europe, I haven't enjoyed their security. So I switched recently to Mint. Mint has its own problems. It has a whole subreddit where people complain about Mint. (laughs) But number one, it's cheaper. And number two, they make multi-factor authentication mandatory. You have to request to turn it off. Oh, wow. Okay. And that causes problems. Now, let's talk about multi-factor authentication. Please do. Okay. Some people uh, refer to it as, as two-factor authentication, which is what it started out with. But now you've got lots of different opportunities, and we'll touch on a few of them. Okay. Multi-factor authentication includes facial ID for your phone. And as you see, I've got an old phone here, so I use the fingerprint. Fingerprint. Okay. If you, it, it, You've got to have those turned on. Because that way, unless they've got your biometric information, they can't access your phone. Okay, that's, that, that's step one.
1: So then biometric application, would that mean if they get a picture of me, then they can use the, the photo of me to do a face ID or how does that?
0: They can to an extent, but facial ID doesn't work. It, you, you see these things where you take a picture of somebody and you hold it up to it? Mm-hmm. It doesn't work too well. It has to be a really, really good picture. Okay. Okay. Uh, it, it works
1: more on 3D. I'm just asking for a friend.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, I, I mean, it's one of the things they can do. But then again, they have to have physical access to your phone. Okay. Okay. They have to take your phone and then hold a picture up to it. Okay. Okay. And the thing is, with uh, the fingerprint ID try using it on a really cold day when you're not wearing gloves <laughs> because it doesn't just identify your fingerprint it also rec- rec- uh, recognizes body heat oh wow okay and if it's too cold it won't work you have to rub wow. rub up your hands stick it under your armpits and then then it'll then it'll work wow okay but again it's not foolproof but it will keep fools from getting in <laughs>
1: There we go. We don't want fools. Yeah.
0: So that's that's one thing. But now now you'll also notice uh, when you sign up for uh, or or you're logging into an account, and LinkedIn does this too. Okay, you can put in your name and password, and if it's recognized, that's fine. Mm -hmm. But if you have multi-factor authentication set on LinkedIn, it'll also give you the choice to sign in through your Google account, through your Apple account. Or through what they call an SSO, which is something that's run by your corporation. Okay? okay, okay. And what you do, if if you've authorized Apple, what will happen is that it will send a text to your phone and say, somebody's trying to get in, is this you? And then you can verify it that way. But also, if you've got it set up on LinkedIn, you can use your name and password again. But it will send you a text that you have to open up in your mail and say, "Was this? are you accessing your phone? You can say yes, and that'll let you in.
1: So had I had that set up when I got hijacked, yeah. um, Apple would have sent me a text message at 2 in the morning and probably would have, would they have waited for me to respond yes before yes. access was given? Yeah. Well, so, they,
0: they wouldn't have waited. You have about 30 seconds to put the code in. Oh, wow. No, I'll take that back. Fifteen minutes. Fifteen minutes. Okay. And if that fifteen minutes passes, everything's wiped.
1: So so there again, it's important to have that um, keychain, if you will, with with whatever yeah. with whatever operating system And if
0: that hacker had gotten physical access to your phone and had cloned it, he might have been able to do that. Okay, so there is a way around that, but not most people have the technology or the technical skill of able, of it, able to do that. And it always comes down, you know, when it comes down to are you going to get hacked, it always comes down to money. Do you have it, or do you have connection to people who do have it?
1: Because okay. Lord knows I don't have the money. Yeah,
0: and you don't know many people who do. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, choose your friends wisely. Yeah. Don't hang out with rich people.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: So, I mean, this does make things a little more difficult. Okay? Okay and people don't like that. That's one of the reasons why they use the same password. That's why they don't use multi-factor authentication because it's a pain in the ass. But you have to ask yourself, would you prefer to have a pain in the ass now or lose access to your data and your accounts?
1: Exactly. when it happens. Exactly, cuz it cost me it cost me a, over about a week of of not just working on it, but mm-hmm. stressing over it. Yeah. And being distracted. Yeah. You because know, what whenever you get hacked, whatever I just said, this is my my feeling. So when you get hacked, there's a there's an there's an emotional connection to that. Oh my mm-hmm. gosh, I've been it's like I've been violated. You know, somebody's somebody's got into my space. Yeah, it's and, theft. Yeah. And so there's and then so you get the fight the fight or flight thing, and I I chose to fight it by getting a hold of people and doing what I did. But there's still an emotional thing that happens, you know, where you're just like, wow. In fact, when I got my account back, I went through my contacts and and I really scoured them and got rid of a few, you know, because it's like, eh, you know, this person just wanted to learn more about the industry I was in. Well, you know, um, I, I'm like, uh, that was kind of fishy to me. So I got rid of him, you know, so that's kind of what was was going on so there was just an emotional piece that I that I felt like you lose time to so I have a question for you though Lou Is yeah. my question uh, you talked about two password um, services um, is there a fee involved with those generally and, yeah. gen- okay and yeah. what is what is the general fee that somebody it's like, like me
0: co- it's like a couple bucks a month
1: okay all right well worth it yeah. especially from my experience. So yeah. I'm looking forward to you helping me get that set up. Yeah,
0: we'll, we'll, we'll take a look at that. Yeah. Um, you brought up an interesting thing about contacts. In the beginning, people used to accept connections from just about anybody that they had no idea who
1: they were. In the business I'm in, I feel like I need to do that. And, yeah, yeah. you know, and, you, know, you that, understand what I'm saying.
0: Yeah, and that, that's fine, but... There's a concept that runs around the cybersecurity industry, and I I, I like the concept. It needs to be added. It's called zero trust. Because most of the time, if somebody walked up to you on the street and said, hey, I'd like to give you a million dollars, you would turn around and walk the other way or punch them in the face. (laughs) (laughs) Because nobody does that. Yeah. They do it all the time on social media.
1: Yeah. Okay?
0: Yeah. And they always, you know, even if a beautiful woman walked up to you and said, "I think you are the most amazing man I've I've ever seen." That only happens on Hallmark movies. <laughs> Not in real life. People don't have that kind of confidence unless they have a an ulterior motive. And that comes out most specifically on social media. Like, I don't go two weeks without getting a request for a connection from a post-pubescent Asian woman <laughs> who claims to have a master's degree. Or a, 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 a uh, what, what was that? master's, uh, master's in... Uh, MBA, that's it. An MBA from Cornell and is now the CFO of Estée Lauder. Okay? And she th- she starts to say, "Your career path is is very interesting and I think I uh, we could do some business together."
1: Okay? I think any, I I have I've received a number of those. So I'm yeah. sure other people on LinkedIn get those.
0: Yeah, they, they all do. And when I take a look at who these, you, know, you, you can see the uh, the common connections. These are other people who have. I'm looking at these, these people that is that are common connections, they're smart people. And they've connected with this person. Mm-hmm. Okay. Dumb. Real, real dumb. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Uh, and that's why one of the reasons I wanted to do this is that a lot of people feel shame and feel stupid. And yes, they don't know what's going on. part of that is because the industry hasn't done very well in educating people. But on the other hand, it's pretty common. The, 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 the lack of knowledge about how technology works is is pretty good. Like uh, I was watching an old program called Connections by James Burke, uh, where he pointed out that pretty much all of us will get into a shiny metal box, push a button, and expect it to take us to take us up or down to a floor in a building without ever thinking about what goes into the technology that makes <laughs> that possible.
1: Yeah.
0: And it's completely normal. Yeah. We we expect technology to serve us and not hurt us. Yeah. And when it does hurt us it it surprises us.
1: And you know, if I could say something to like these common contacts that you've seen when you've looked at these you know, when I got when I got hijacked and I sent out my text messages. One of my friends who understands um, marketing, if you will, um, he said, he said this, and this is probably why some people will take a risk with these these requests. And I think we do need to have zero. To, I, I've gotten to the zero tolerance thing because what he said was, yeah, your contacts are 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 a gold are gold. You know, I think today in this world, the more contacts you have, you know, the more the more you can get your word out. So the more you're able to brand yourself. And so people are, well, okay, that person is an MBA in an industry that I'm not quite involved in. But if I could pick up some business contacts through that person, I'm going to I'm going to do that. Or if I can make a connection. And I think we have to be a little more careful with that. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I'm learning. The the nice thing about social media or the internet itself
0: is that you can vet these people. And frankly, I do. You know, like like when I, get, when I get that Asian woman telling me she's a CFO of Estee Lauder, I go up on Google and I say, type in CEO of Estee Lauder, okay? <laughs> and then I can find the 60-year-old white man <laughs> who actually is that.
1: <laughs> exactly.
0: Uh, it, it doesn't take that much time. And the thing is, When I see people with 50,000 connections on LinkedIn, I know they haven't made any effort to know who those people are. Yeah. Okay. Social media makes it possible for us to have more relationships. Mm -hmm. I think some people have said that in the natural world, you can't have more than 70 personal relationships.
1: Okay. I, don't, I don't know a, how you can in, do a, that. in a personal relationship
0: <laughs> is defined as someone that you know one personal thing about. Yeah. Okay. I generally apply that to to social media. Okay. If I don't know that person, I want to find out something personal about them. Yeah. And if I can't find that, I don't connect with them.
1: That's that's a and that's if, a great piece of cybersecurity.
0: Yeah, and one other thing is, and I put this on my LinkedIn profiles is. I don't respond to blind requests. If you say, I'd like to connect with you, I'm going to look you up and I'm going to decide if I want to, and if I can't, if I don't see a, a direct personal connection through what we know as business or or, or anything like that, then I'm going to reject it. Say, and there, you'll notice on LinkedIn, you say you can reject it. And when you reject it, it says, there's also a button that says, I don't know this person. Yes. And that's an important thing to do because once you cl- click on that, they'll never be able to contact you again unless they get an introduction from someone that you both know.
1: Okay. That's that's really good to know. <laughs> yeah.
0: So those are some, those are just basic things that you can do. Mm-hmm. And uh, John, I, I thank you for your time. And um, I, I meant to keep you anonymous, but you went ahead and gave your name earlier. So... <laughs> <laughs> uh, th- there's that. I can cut it out if you
1: like. No, I'm fine with All that. All right, good. I don't, I don't have a problem with that.
0: Okay, so folks, uh, that's it for this week on Crucial Tech. Uh, thanks for listening. If you have any comments or questions, you can contact me at cyberprotection-magazine.com. Da- Cyber and uh, if you uh, say something interesting or uh, something that, uh, that I need to correct, I will do that. Uh, in the meantime, uh, subscribe to the magazine. Uh, It's what keeps us alive. Thanks for listening. Uh, This has been a Footwasher Media production.